SEO conspiracies uh, with uh, Mr. Dixon Jones and myself. Hello, nobody, Laurent Borelli. Yeah, nobody can say my name actually in English. Okay, uh, the proper I said way. it wrong all this time. <laughs> well, you got to think, okay, it's like Laurent, like Yves Saint Laurent, but Laurent. think of it as low rent, like you pay cheap rent. <laughs> Low rent. Oh, low rent. Okay. <laughs> but I, I don't do know that. why why you can't pronounce you can't say Laurent. I think it's just a French way of having the air circulating in the mouth or I don't know. Uh, Sorry, so you're saying that when I go Laurent, it's completely wrong. Laurent. It's the R part. Laurent. That sounds the same to me. I can't hear the difference. <laughs> Try to say Yves, Yves Saint Laurent. Yeah, yeah, Yves Saint Laurent. I'd say, yes. still say it the same way. <laughs> it always puzzled me, but whatever. <laughs> Back in college, they used to call me Frenchy. That was that was easier. Okay. <laughs> my business partner okay. said Laurent, so I should probably get my business partner saying that. But Laurent is fine. I, I, I'm used to it. JavaScript. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one because that's one of those things that. Um, it's a big, big topic right now. Uh, there's some stuff said by Google, and and what you what you take on it? Well, so it's true. Google never used to write, read JavaScript, and they started um, many years ago. Uh, many, many, certainly back in Matt Kutz's time. But um, but it took them quite a long time to to um, understand how to read JavaScript. So the problem for for, for JavaScript, uh, but, but now they're very good at it, they're, and 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 uh, it's worth. It's worth taking the time to understand how they're good at it because uh, they have done some things slightly uh, uh, in a slightly strange way to to be able to get good at um, understanding JavaScript. And if you understand it, you can make your pages faster. You can make your um, your indexing better as well. Um, and um, the person you need to follow for anyone out there is Martin Splitz. He's the it's the JavaScript ambassador. He's based in Geneva. Um, and I, you know, I went to um, I went to Switzerland to uh, a Google Webmaster conference um, back in November last year, and and he was talking about this uh, and how they how a sort of JavaScript under the cover, and it was a, a pretty good uh, uh, presentation. He's got lots of things on on the web about it, but the interesting thing is that in order for JavaScript to be read. Um, it needs to be read as if it was a browser. So it basically, it's not the raw HTML. The raw HTML then has to be interpreted by a web browser to be able to create uh, what's called the DOM. And the DOM is then where all the JavaScript and stuff lies. Um, so uh, the challenge for a, a a computer like Google is that it's very quick to just take the the the, uh, the, the source code uh, and um, and process that. It's very difficult to then process the source code, and it may take potentially minutes because some sites are so bad at loading if they were trying to run all the JavaScript. And taking something from a fraction, very, very small fraction of a second to do, and then something that could take a minute to do is a huge, huge disparity and, and won't scale. So the problem for JavaScript is a scaling problem for Google. So what they did is they've got this thing called a WSC, a Web Service Controller, I think it's called. I, can't, I, I don't know what it kind of stands for. but, um, but uh, So they'll take the raw code, and then they'll have a look at um, the bits of the code and the DOM um, and try and recreate the, the, the DOM uh, so that they can see what JavaScript bits are being called. And then they try and work out whether they need to process that JavaScript again or whether they already know about it and therefore they don't need to process it again. So the funny thing about, uh, and then what they'll do is they'll create the DOM and then the DOM goes back into their 
index crawler again with the with the DOM all done. So they don't recrawl the website, but they do do some stuff to re um, reanalyze that source code so that they can then pass it through their their their, their crawling interpreter um, before it goes off into the uh, to the ranking systems. So, um, but the interesting thing is there that they may have cached one part of the content, but not another part of the content. So it's not so easy for them to say when they last looked at the content because the JavaScript file for this may have been, you know, something that's been around for months and they don't need to do anything new to it. Whereas this one here, the checksum's different and they know it's a different thing. And so the challenge is um, for us as SEOs is to understand how we tell Google uh, when some JavaScript content has changed, if they need it to be redone, they need to try and change the, uh, the file size or, or put some kind of uh, file name uh, checksum check on there so that Google knows that it's different and it needs to be looked at again. Um, and uh, also not to um, give Google, uh, not to write JavaScript uh, in a way where you have to load the whole of that JavaScript for the page to properly load because Google's not going to want to carry on taking a, a, a running a JavaScript file somewhere around um, if it can avoid it. And I might have got some of that wrong, but um, but the point is that they they can read a lot of the JavaScript now, and um, and it's made a huge difference to the way in which they understand content on a web page. Right. I think. A, it's definitely one thing that's different. What I said two years ago is not the same that what I said today. A couple of years ago, I could see sometimes Google interpreting the page like the brother brother side, but from my understanding and um, calling a couple of uh, PhD friends, what they were saying is within Google they were testing it, so they had some free bandwidth. Mm -hmm. because to render uh, through the, the browser is very expensive. Mm. It, it's not free. So back then, they were only doing it in case of a website that was hacked, for example, you know, to, to be sure that... But it wasn't done um, for ranking purposes. Mm -hmm. And of course, Google wants to read JavaScript because Google wants to read everything. <laughs> But my sure question does. is, except flash. <laughs> yeah, and I followed what Martin said. Where my disagreement is is, and they did the same. Remember flash when they say reread flash, but I'm still waiting for a website in flash to rank. No, I think they've 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 finally admitted that they can't be asked to do flash. Uh, they, yeah, they've 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 given up on that one. I think I heard that quite recently actually. <laughs> and and I'm still waiting for. Like you said, if the JavaScript is properly tagged and, and everything is done to be accessible for Google, yeah, maybe uh, maybe it comes up. And we see, for example, like Twitter. Twitter is, and it's even more difficult with Ajax, I think. Uh, so obviously, uh, Google can read Twitter and can <laughs> bring yeah, up Twitter yeah. in, the, in the search result pages. But is it as powerful as far from a SEO perspective as a good HTML website. That's where I think the balance lies where, where you could. I think it is. I, I think it is now. I think that um, uh, Google expects a good website to have JavaScript on it. Um, and uh, maybe not huge amounts, but, you know, uh, but well-written JavaScript, I think it would expect to be on, mo on, on huge amounts of sites. So, uh, 
as long as as long as you do a, do a reasonably good job. Uh, so Jason LD is is JavaScript. So one kind of one interesting thing is if you use the um, the structured data testing tool um, uh, to have a look at uh, whether your structured data is properly configured. That's a Google tool. Interesting, that tool doesn't read JavaScript, which is kind of weird because Google definitely does. Mm. So uh, and and I was I was actually on a so uh, again Martin Spitz was was um, writing some uh, some documentation the other day, and he invited invited people in from the public to go on to online to uh, you know help him write the, the documentation. And and I said, but you've got this tool here. Um, but JavaScript, but but it's not not reading the JavaScript, so you can't use the you can't use the tool to test JavaScript implement implementations such as Inlinks, which is my motivation for saying that because we we use JavaScript. And he said, "Blimey, I haven't written this in the in the uh, the documentation." Absolutely. So we went back and changed it and said, "You can't use that. Use rich snippets testing or whatever." So Google does understand the uh, the. Um, the JavaScript, and it actually understands it very, very quickly now, within minutes, I think, or most of it. But it doesn't, it doesn't do it within all of its tools. It does it in its main index and testing things, but not, for example, in the Google structured data testing tool. Uh, I mean, uh, that's a very interesting topic because it's evolving from from maybe two, three years ago to until today. We Google got better and much, much better. So. Our final tip would be, yeah, look into it. Make make JavaScript readable, but it's definitely not the enemy of SEO because JavaScript is wonderful. You can make beautiful things with JavaScript. Yeah. Um, yeah. The yeah. danger is uh, it could be, like you said, very heavy on on the the resources. Yeah, and I think uh, you know. So one of the problems that we have on on Inlinks is that it, uh, it is that a lot of our content is, is JavaScript driven and all using the same URL. Now, Google can't um, index multiple versions of the same URL mm. and because uh, it can't deliver you to a point within that within that process. So um, that's that's bad design on our part, you know, but um, uh, I think that uh, a lot of JavaScript will cause that kind of problem. If you're not paying attention as a JavaScript writer, you will write content that is going to be badly indexed and on the other hand it could be i have an example with a client in the car business and he calls up one day he's like okay i don't know what happened but uh, we dropped uh, are we penalized right <laughs> we got a google penalty mm -hmm. um check the website look at the source code and there was nothing <laughs> because they redid the the website in React.js. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There was yeah, no yeah. more content because yeah. they didn't they didn't make it accessible for Google. Uh, so it could be it could be uh, it's the best case of uh, self uh, negative SEO. <laughs> it becomes a real problem for us as SEOs because it's you know SEOs are not generally programmers. If we were programmers, you know, we'd go and program stuff. You know, we can we have that interface between. The market and the technology, and um, but we can't. You know, it's it's very hard for an SEO to know all of these technologies inside out. All we can know is, you know, we can see when when uh, when Google's unable to read various bits and pieces, but we don't necessarily know immediately how to fix that. You know, mm -hmm. ReactJS is uh, a, a pretty uh, pretty specific stuff, and there's, there are plenty of SEOs that know it very well. 
but you know maybe they're not so cool at you know uh at page speed or java or geolocation or you know ahref lang or something else you know there's so many different parts of the of seo now that um it, it, the danger for the, for the SEO specialists is that they're saying you've done this wrong without being able to say how to do it right. I think you should be able to 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 say I'm wrong or to say I don't know. You, yeah, you, you got to be able to say okay, I'm gonna check with someone, right? Bring yeah. up someone who knows. Uh, it, I think it's a skill, a very good, uh, very good skill to be able to. To be humble enough to say i don't i mean there's so much we need to know uh, how can you be <laughs> uh, and you've you make a very good point there laurent i think i think uh, uh having your own network of friends um that that you can call on you can trust and they can call on you is is a very important part it's another part of the networking isn't it so yes we kind of made network to try and build up a brand or to do business or whatever but i think the network of people around you that can help you when you run into a an area that you're you're not confident in uh it's great to be able to go back to a client and say okay well, i've looked at this i don't know about this but i had a chat with bill slowski and he said there was a patent back in 1422 that did this whatever you know those kind of things are very uh very helpful and that's probably possibly why one of the one of the reasons why the seo community is so much more collaborative than many other industries. I think, you know, if you try and keep it all a secret to yourself, well, you're also going to, uh, you know, people aren't going to share their ideas. So, so, so well with you or be around when you kind of want to ask them for something. So, uh, so the, the people that seem to be getting further are the ones that are, are giving as well as taking. Exactly. It's a, it's a whole, like I saw a Ted talk. I mean, it was within the, within the uh, company, but I think we can, translated to the population he was saying there was one quarter of the profiles who were takers they just take and they don't give <clears throat> one quarter was givers they give without asking anything back and half of the people were matchmaking i give you you give me you know negotiation so yeah if you in the seo community if if you bring in something it's wonderful whatever mm. it is it could be the little tool. It could be organizing an event. It could be. It could be a sense of humor. Yeah, it's there's so many different things. Yeah, <laughs> but but people people are very welcoming, and you'll be part of the whole, and it's gonna go back and forth if you if you learn a little bit to to give without asking anything in return, and if you don't expect anything in return, you're always gonna have good surprises anyway. <laughs> So going back to JavaScript, I think one thing that, you, that we should all really pay attention to um, if we're going to be using JavaScript is uh, to have a good look at page page speed and stuff. And uh, and I think that I'm sure we'll talk about page speed on a, on a different session, but mm. JavaScript can affect page speed um, and page speed can affect SEO. So I think that's uh, one thing that if you're going to be using JavaScript, you've got to really pay attention to. And, and you are using JavaScript because, you yeah. know, if you've got Google Analytics on your site, you're using JavaScript. Third-party JavaScript that's probably breaking GDPR laws. But anyway, you know. <laughs> but for, for the final word on that topic, also what I'm advising some clients, this is taking over, this mm. device. And I have some clients who have 90, over 90% 90 of the traffic coming from this device. I mean, this yeah. device or the tablet, whatever. So instead of making a desktop website responsive to mobile, I'm saying, okay, let's build a website for this 
yeah. that would also work on the desktop because yeah. you were talking about speed on this is even and i'm not talking about googlebot i'm talking about the user yeah people don't yeah. wait for two seconds on this thing no they don't they don't it's it's very true uh, but of course, the phones are perfectly happy to uh, to run their JavaScript on there. So you know, no, yeah. no flash, but JavaScript works. <laughs> so, okay, let's uh, move on uh, for next time. Uh, we get to answer the question: Can I rank one page for several different keywords? Okay, I'll we'll think about that. <laughs>